Tired of winning the tailgate, but losing the games? We can't help that. But we can tell you what the hell is up with each team and what's going on across sunny San Marcos. Texas State fans, get on your feet. You're listening to Squaring Around with Jacob Rodriguez and Andrew Zimmel. What's up, everybody? Welcome to Squared Around. I'm Jacob Rodriguez. That's the Texas State Sports Press. This week, we're joined by the San Marcos Daily Record sports editor, Colton McWilliams. This time, live. Air quotes. Friend of the Big show. air quotes. In our studio. <laughs> <laughs> Brand new setup. You look great. Thanks for joining us. Well, like I said, I'm just, let's just say I'm borrowing the, one of the office spaces at, at the Daily Record. So, <laughs> but what, like I said, I'm kind of in the middle of like a emergency move. So, like, what? Hopefully I can get something settled down and we have like an official like office space besides like barring somebody else's. So nice. They kicked you out of the end zone complex, huh? They said you can't live here anymore. So does that happen before the spring game or are you navigating that transition through the spring? You know? Yeah. It's basically just trying to, trying to get everything settled down before spring game and all that stuff. But yeah, I guess they caught me sleeping at the softball of VIP suites. (laughs) That's pretty good. Um, before we get started, I have a couple procedural things I want to knock out. Uh, last week was a big week for us because the Republic of Football podcast, this is now an affiliate of the Dave Campbell's uh, Republic of Football podcasting network. Uh, that was super cool to announce last week. That's why we did a mailbag episode because we literally had to mail it in after we had to come up with another episode. We have a few episodes, actually. I, I pitched ish when we signed our deal that, you know. These are the few that we're going to kind of do in a row. I did explain it oddly on Twitter because it definitely is only one a week, but it's just different because we're going to host it and they're going to host it. We're going to host it. They're going to host it. So like this week, this is our week. Next week is going to be Dave Campbell. And spoiler, we do have some surprises. Salt Bay sprinkled in for next week already. We have some stuff lined up. I don't want to give it all away, but uh more things to come we already actually announced one on twitter it's uh we're gonna interview brian london at some point next year or next week jacob could have made so so much simpler by just being like republican football on the squaring around podcast if your parents ever divorced and you got to go one weekend with another weekend but that's the essentially is, it's not a divorce here. we've gotten it's not a divorce married. no yeah no it, it, it's like you're really 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 friends with your mom's boyfriend it's That's like Dave Campbell's had a really nice house that they wanted us to move in. And we were like, well, we already got our spot downtown. It's okay. We don't need to do that. And they were mm. like, come on. If you want to such, you got to. like having the best friend that you, but you honestly like almost live at their house. So basically you stay one weekend at your house and then you move over to your best friend's house. But like your best friend's family, like already accepts you as one of your own. But I, That's how I view it. That happened to me and Jacob, but people had scandalous rumors. So I had to. <laughs> Had to do something else. <laughs> well, the the second part of that whole announcement, right, is where people immediately were like, well, where can we find you guys' episodes? And I was like, that's a great point. Because uh, at the time, they had only had like a Spotify link and an Apple link, which is great. That's how you find their feed. You know, sometimes you can find an RSS feed. That's kind of how ours is. You just click on our one deal and you can find all of our stuff. We even have a main site account. We have a YouTube that's popping. Thanks for all our viewers. But... I added a ROF football button this week because they have a main site with that's showing off us, Gambling Gauchos, the TCU podcast they announced this week. Everything that's going on, Dave Campbell's football world is on there. 
including both of their stream links. So that's Apple and Spotify. So you just click on our button and it takes you right there. Um, so yeah, that was a thing I needed to add. And uh, I also added our new thing, Hotline Square. I know in that Hotline Square. So now you can add uh, voice recording into this. This one's by my best friend, Tristan Giese. Uh, I'm just going to play it out loud. I don't appreciate you guys giving me the opportunity to speak on your podcast, knowing full well I have the anonymity to blatantly criticize and mock Andrew Zimbel. Uh, anyway, here's Wonderwall. I can't play the rest of that because of licensing issues, but you get the point. Pretty fun. <laughs> if you got things to say, you can say them and uh, we can put a voice to a uh, faceless Twitter account. So now obviously we have the Square and Pod Twitter at Square and Pod. Uh, I keep forgetting to say that because, you know, you're supposed to say those things. You're supposed to. In advertising, you just keep repeating, 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 you know, especially numbers, advertisements, all those things. Uh, I have yet to do that. Uh, I'm not really good at that. I'm a news guy. Um, but anyway. And he's barely good at that. At Square and Pod <laughs> on Twitter. <laughs> yeah, honestly, I am. I'm really just lucky, to be honest. That's my how my career could be summed up is luck, spite, and... Uh, what is he? Oh, hesitation has saved me in so many of my careers. You know, I'm a live TV producer. So if you see something going on, are you going to take that shit live? That's a big responsibility. So hesitation has saved me a lot. Moving down. I have um, some more open format episodes coming in the near future. Um, dumb cat is in the way. But uh, so that means even our fans could be part of this podcast, question mark, in the future. Uh Hit us in the comments. Is that something y'all want? Is that something I need to prioritize further? Uh, but we have some other stuff going on. Uh, we got a, a few podcast episode segment ideas uh, where we bring in people to talk about really just rebranding Square Talks because Square Talks should be one thing. And then if we talk to certain people that fit in certain categories, we're going to lump them into different sort of episodes and kind of keep a different vibe with some of those shows, keeping them light. When we're talking to alumni, keeping it different. When we're talking to you know our fan base on Square, Square, and the uh, you know different stuff related to ROF, but also not really because because that ROF relationship. Now we get to kind of open up and kind of do our own thing, and then every week we go or every other week we go back to them and talk football and some other stuff going on. Right now, um, the Green Room, the UNT podcast, they're only talking about basketball, obviously because the NIT run that UNT's on. So it, it's kind of cool the way things like transition and stuff over there. It's like, well, this is the most important thing at Texas State. So we got to talk about that on ROF. And then our deal kind of changes too over here. Because if I'm talking about baseball being amazing, I got to talk about uh, softball and all these other things. You're talking too. about baseball being amazing. You're lying. Hey, <laughs> we'll get to that. <laughs> the next thing I want to talk about is the, the University Star just announced their new editor-in-chief uh, and managing editor actually too. When I was the editor-in-chief, I took an entire week. It was like when the Pope gets announced and you see the white smoke. People we didn't know what I was going to do for a, a, a solid week. And I just stayed in my corner listening to rap with purple lights on in my office that I built. Uh, everybody was like, whoa, what's Jacob doing? How is he going to take this star? Where is it going? But shout out to my boy Carson Weaver, the current sports editor, and Nikayla. Uh, She's the managing editor. So awesome. She's the current news editor. So a lot of cool experience going on. Um, I can't wait to see what they do. They're really cool people. I've gotten to meet them a couple times. And I'm a University Star board advisor. So, boom, I'll be there. Well, Colton and I are alums. So, Colton, what oh, is yeah. your thoughts? You're, you're, you see Carson all the time. 
I think Carson's going to do a great job. Like, I think I met him once, but like he, my first meeting with him, like I, I liked him. Like he does a pretty good job over there at the sport, at the sports section, you know, something that we helped built up. Like when, like the five of us, like, you know, us three and then uh, uh, Claire and uh, Cade, you know, doing all their good, great stuff. So I'm glad like someone's like, I guess, picking up our, the torch that we built and kind of continue, continuing it. Yeah. It was really surreal. I went back um, to talk to one of my professors, Gilbert Martinez, and his whole uh, study abroad class. They're going to uh, Japan. That's where I studied abroad. You know, if you study abroad, you have to mention it like 18 times. But um, it was really surreal to be back on campus. I hadn't been back on campus since like early spring 2020. And when I went walked into Old Main, it was like I started having flashbacks. So I was like, oh, my God. I heard Zimmel's voice all suddenly. And I was like, the only thing that's going to take this for me to snap right now is for me to see the Dean of Fine Arts and Communication, John Fleming, and for him to say something about the Cowboys to me, because I am tripping out right now. I literally had to walk around campus after I was done with that meeting just to like soak it all in. Had a true alumni moment. Yeah, scary. No, we still need to find like secret room in Old Main that I think oh, our old editor-in-chief Carrington like posted a picture of or something. What do you mean? The purple room or... No, no, like there's a secret building in Old Main, like it's in the attic space. There's like a secret room up there that I've yet to find like the entrance to because so I don't know who posted it because I thought it was like Carrington or something, but he posted a video of like the secret like room in Old Main that's like up in the attic. It's almost like the secret like society meeting room and I'm like determined to find this space. Hold, I'm going to let you in on a secret. I don't think that that was something you need to be asking questions about. If there's a secret society that Carrington's part of, I don't. I don't need to deal with that. Yeah, he can. He can have that one. Also, a former editor of the Star. What a beast! First black editor of the Star. He made history. Um, yeah. Shout out to those two. Uh, shout out Carrington, and shout out Mike Craven, who got engaged. Now, big question I was posing to everybody on the podcast: Do we get invited to Craven's bachelor party? Probably not. But here's the case: We're coworkers now. Why <laughs> <laughs> went to Texas State? We don't have a party. How's it going, Craven? Congratulations to you and yours. Mazel tov. So uh, I want I want to dial this back into what this is, a sports podcast. <laughs> Not just me talking about things for 15 minutes straight. Uh, Colton has been at uh, some of the springtime stuff going on. Uh, he was at the, you know, the first practices that he was allowed at, getting some of that first availability out of GJ Kidney and his staff there. Um, so Colton, I want to just talk about first impressions and then maybe we'll talk just a little bit about you know um pro day and junior day mm-hmm. um but what are your kind of like first impressions of the spring everybody was talking about leading up to this oh wow it's good Kevin ball game you know like so yeah, many of the other yeah. things are going on too across the athletics department that people were immediately like this has to be so much different what are your immediate impressions of the team so far I think the first thing that kind of struck me I guess there's just like a different energy with this team it's almost like I would say coach Kenny's kind of brought in some juice to this team and I you could tell like there's just a different energy like I've I think we were talking to Levi Bell and he was because of Ben because his younger brother Ben's still on the team and he and he was talking to I guess me and Kef after pro day and he was saying like yeah the energy is like different from what like the conversations he had with his brother and I I, I don't know if it's just like the malaise of like what what Spavadol and his staff was like kind of, as it was basically kind of slowly winding down and like you could tell like the end was over. I think just seeing this new energy, it gets 
like just watching it, you can tell like the players are like excited. Like they want almost like they're buying into what Kenny's like selling already. And I think that's a, I think that's a very good start to see, especially during this first week. And you can also like tell that uh, you can tell like during the off season workouts, I think, especially when you have like the old guard that was still here from the Spavadol era. And now you having Kenny bringing all these new transfers and seeing like hearing the stories about how they all bonded during off season workouts. I think that's a, to me, I see that as a positive sign moving forward because they're, because you know, you've still got, uh, you know, maybe some of the players are still lord the spab and, you know, the, these new players, you know, they're lord coach Kenny, but there's already see them kind of gelling together. Like I would say it's probably like a much more healthier locker room environment compared to last year, as we all know, like we hear all the, all, all the stories, but what was no, we don't on? tell me, tell me these stories, Colton. <laughs> what stories? <laughs> I, like I said, I, from what I just kind of talking around it, you could tell like from like keeping my sources like anonymous and all that stuff. I think there was like a really fractured locker room because you were either a spab guy or you weren't a spab guy. And I think now, I think now that I think there's a, le- a feeling of like, we're all part of what one team. We're all going to like get through this part. But yeah. Yeah. It feels, it feels like the locker room's like much more calm now than what it was last year. I think too, something that's difficult for any coach right now is like navigating what the transfer portal is. Cause you, you get a four star or five star from, I don't know, Alabama or whatever. Everybody immediately the guy is like, well, that guy got his stars over there. What do you mean? Like, he's not really with this team. He's not what we're about. Uh, the benefit of what GJ is doing right now is everybody's nothing. You know, it's like, what is Texas state? What are we doing forward? Are we going to finish horrible again in the sunboat? It's like, so navigating all that, I mean, you kind of can do whatever you want, you know. There's a lot of, there's a lot you just say, Colton. Mm-hmm. I'm gonna start here. I better freaking hope everybody's on the same page, <laughs> and I better freaking hope that everybody likes Kenny. We've only got a week of this, like. Yeah. So if you if you were to come in here and tell me like, you know, eh, so a mutiny already, I'd be like, what the fuck is going on? But so to say that like everything is going good, I just kind of assume everything would be going good. Everybody is pulling in the same direction. I damn hope so. He picked all these guys. <laughs> like everybody who didn't want to be here could have transferred out. There's it's so easy to move now. So if you're unhappy at Texas State, there's one person to blame. That's you. Yeah. You know what I mean? So you're you're telling me a lot of stuff that I think I kind of already would have guessed. You know what I mean? Like there's a good energy. If there was bad energy, we'd get a seance. You know what I mean? Like it's a mm-hmm. new, it's a new coach. So like You've done you've you've seen a week of these spring practices. You saw four years of Spav. Is there a difference? Do you like just in the first week? Can you tell there's a difference? Do they blocking different? Are they lifting weights different? Because I always kind of assumed it's the same thing. Well, I think their off season definitely <laughs> the the off season program that I've been seeing like just I think there's a sense of like oh the little like not letting the little things like the little mistakes slide anymore. Because that was something that I heard that like like last year's team like they would just get away with like the little mistakes like it didn't matter like and you know how in football like even the littlest mistakes lead to something bad so it's so seeing like hearing the player like from what I've heard hearing the players talk about like yeah that that's that's not allowed anymore like we are here to like build something here that there's no there's no sense of 
what am I trying to say? Like, basically, they're trying there's to... There's no dicking around. Yeah, no, there's no dicking around. Yeah, that's basically how you can su- sum it up. Like, it's like, guys, like, this program has been terrible. Like, and we need to elevate this, like, now. Like, it's this is no longer acceptable no more. Didn't we have you, two other coaches before this? What the hell is going on over there? Why, why, what do you mean? Dicking around with the loud? Like, I, I was the editor-in-chief for one year. We flipped the entire thing. We did a bunch of new things. Everybody, every other editor-in-chief before me has done the same thing. Flipped a bunch of things, done things differently. How come a football coach is getting paid $800,000 a year? Couldn't do Pocket this? watching, pocket watching. We're pocket watching, pocket watching. I mean, look, I, I understand what you're saying, Colton. Um, You've been around him now. I love Spavadol. I thought he was a really good guy to have a beer with. I would have loved to hang out with him. I still would. If, if he ever hits me up and says, you want to hang out on a Sunday to watch football, I'm hanging out with him on a Sunday to watch football. Kenny doesn't give me those same vibes. Doesn't seem like the guy that I want to hang out with. He seems like the type of guy that's going to be X's and O's. He's going to pull out the chalkboard when I'm trying to watch Sunday ticket. Like, am I wrong there? No, you're you're completely right. Like, that's the main difference with Spavadol. Like, you could tell, like, Spavadol is definitely a Dana Hogerson disciple. Like, he's the exact same personality, exact same energy. DJ Kenny, like, if you, like, in a press conference, if you talked about X's and O's, he can go maybe, like, 30 minutes about tech talk about X's and O's like that's and I think that's what Texas State needs they just need a football coach mm. I just and also like I know the whole coaches kid and all that stuff but like he's someone who's like played at the division one level not just like you know be a backup to know he was a starter at Tulsa and he was really good over there at Tulsa I think he still holds like a lot of the passing records and I think it's also like that ability, like being a division one starter, I think it's, it helps for those players to relate more to him than probably what Spav was, if that makes sense. Because that's the one thing I noticed about Kenny was like, Kenny's probably more a personal coach with those players. Like just like a lot of those players will be like, yeah, like if something's wrong, like coach Kenny's probably the first person that's going to text me. So like, Hey, you know, what's going on? How, how can I help you? And all of that stuff. I think just that connectability with all those players, I think that's going to make much more of a difference. Like being able, you know, just compared to Spav, I think Spav's like, hey, you know, you, you kind of would say Spav is kind of more of your friend than the coach. I think G.J. Kenny's more of a coach, but he's also has that personal level to kind of make you go that extra mile, to make you lift that extra weight. I think that's probably going to be the main difference going forward. Who's yeah, impressed you so far through a week? for everybody else, though. What the hell is that? Like, what do you mean? We're just allowing <laughs> mediocrity to exist? I'm a very competitive person. I bring out the best and sometimes the worst in people. When I'm just like, we got to go. We got to go. We got to go. Like, that's what drives me in my career, in my life, and like, everything. I want to be the best at everything. And so, like, to hear that we've just been like, you know, finish six and six. But you saw that. There's no way that you didn't, when you watched on Saturday, think like, oh, yeah, there's a real... Like, to say that Spavadol wasn't competitive, I think would be a lie. I think that that guy's competitive. You look at the teams that we put on the field there, and I don't know. I think if you're going to give a lion's share, you're going to give a lion's share to him. There's a lot of other stuff. There's other factors in here. Colton, who's impressed you through one week of spring training? Uh, I'll probably start on the offensive line. It's Nash Jones, uh, one of the transfers from UIW that I'm like, that dude's a hoss. Uh, 
Uh, squad's 550. I'm trying to get that up a little bit. Cling is 365. Hoping to get to 405 by the end of the summer. And uh, bench, I'm, I'm upset about the bench. I failed at 425 this past two weeks ago. So hopefully we can get that again. It's not bad. What's your what's your regiment like? Do you just uh, do you eat a lot of food too as well? Like what, what does it take to get you that strong and this uh, big? The same thing that Coach U says every time: eat, sleep, hydrate. You know, I just follow his stuff to a T. Uh, whatever he tells me to do, I do. And so three meals a day, two, two snacks. I get a nap in. Uh, try to get eight to eight hours of sleep every night, and uh, just trying to do be consistent as I possibly can every single day. Like he. Like, I think he, him and a lot of those, U, I think it's just the UIW transfers that have kind of like really impressed me because it's like, they, you know what, they know what the expectation, like not only Kenny sets, but also the rest of the UIW staff, you know, uh, Coach Huth, the district conditioning coach. And I think their ability, and that's what Coach Kenny said, like one of the, one of the leaders that emerged was Nash Jones. Like he was the one that, you know, being that voice and that leader for the locker room. I think that's what impressed me the most is like having a newcomer come in and being like, like setting the expectation, knowing what the expectation was at UIW, seeing what's here at Texas State and seeing like we can do better. I think that's what impressed me the most was seeing Nash Jones like immediately take control of the situation. And I think he's going to be like a major piece on that offensive line. He's a super two in the gym, and uh, part of he he was one of those first people that we got to talk to. Uh, not we because we weren't there, uh, but Colton and Kef and the other media people, guys in Austin and stuff, uh, KTSW, all got to speak to Tori Spears and Nash Jones. Uh, thing that impressed me about Nash Jones is he wants to change the entire perspective of Texas State football. He wants people to fear the team. Uh, domination, uh, domination. Just, just straight up. Uh, I loved how the season went last year over there at UIW, and I feel like this year, uh, as a group, we're just 10 times stronger, 10 times better. We know the plays. We know what we have to do. And I want to win a lot of football games here. I know what the record was last year, and I want to change the perspective of what people think when they think of Texas State. I want them to fear us. Uh, so he's got that dog mentality. Zimmel. I, I was going to say, like, you know, Jacob and I have mentioned – the UIW staff and how a control C control V might work, but also I'm a little hesitant because the way the JMU has competed and looked, but they were a team that was winning a national championship just a couple of years ago. You know what I mean? So mm-hmm. it made sense for them to come to the Sun Belt and make some noise. Whereas this to me feels like the diet Coke version of that. You know what I mean? It's not the same great Coke taste, you know, having a coaching staff and having some players that makes sense, but can like, you say right now that you think that Texas State's going to have the success because the UIW players and coaches? Like, would that UIW team last year win the West in the Sun Belt? That, I would say, like, they would have a difficult time because if you look at the defenses, like, that's what's that's what concerned – like, that would concern me the most about that UIW teams. Like, how would they stack up against those defenses? Because we're not just talking about, you know – high-end sun, but no, we're talking about high-end in the country defense. I think that would have been my most concern, but I think – I don't think I'm looking at it as like, well, there's success at UIW, you know. I mean, we're talking about a coaching staff that basically built a UIW program that was from nothing. Like, I mean – Not this group. This coaching staff inherited a pretty damn good – No, 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 no. This is – 
So, like, I know everyone thinks Kenny came in with, you know, after Morris, but, like, a lot of those coaches were a part of that. Uh, when Eric Morris first joined the program, like, a lot of those coaches were a part of Morris's first-year staff. So they were there at the beginning when Morris was building up, was basically getting that uh, UIW machine rolling. They were there and they saw the process. But that, I guess that's what I'm trying to say. Like, this isn't like, I'm not talking about the 22 team. I'm talking about the 2018 team. I guess the first UIW team that won the Southland, like made their first playoff appearance. They they helped set the foundation to what that 22 team is now. And I think that's what's going to be important because you're basically starting from scratch at Texas State. Like you're looking again. Like how many times can you start from scratch? You know what I mean? Like this is the third time in 10 years we're starting from scratch, Colton. You know what I mean? Like you understand yeah. that that frustrates me. No, and it is frustrating because like, like to be honest, like if you look at where Texas State is, like they should be starting from scratch, like on the third try. But like there's all like when you also look at it, like how many people like realize like, know that Texas State had a seven-win season. I mean, we're getting to a current generation of, like, players and students that think, like, Texas State's basically a bottom-tier program, and, like, you've got uh, – you have to start somewhere, and I don't – and you saw, like, the other two, like, coaches, like, they flat-out failed, and you can and you can attribute that to, like, you know, not the, the university, like, not giving them the support they need. But now you've got Don coming in and President Damp is, like, at least giving some energy to this program, and, like, like, I know it sucks and, like, well, they got to start summer because, you know, this is the third time they're having to start summer. But, like, there's nothing to prove, like, what they've done, like, since you could, since Fran left. Like, I mean, there's got to be a jump off point. And I know it sucks saying, like, well, this is the third time. I was like, well, yeah, because there's nothing to show, if that makes sense. That, that honestly, it's March, what, 29th? This is when I was supposed to be the highest on like the team and stuff that actually is the most depressing shit I've heard like in a long time. Cause I, I can't argue with you. You're kind of right, you know, but at the same time, I like to think that there's something there. Like I, I like to think that there's some sort of like bone structure to this program, but I think you might be right now. Okay. But back to what I was saying, UIW right. coaching staff, uh, a skeleton crew from the team that they, that did really well last year in the uh, FCS. Is that enough? Is that enough that right now you can be like, oh, yeah, no, that's going to be a six-win team? I think right now it's just too early to tell because, like, yeah. we're literally in the first week of spring. Like, I like as much as we, like, like spring like spring practice and all that stuff, like, they're, you, I don't think it's a good ju judge of, like, telling what this team is because they're literally playing against each other. I don't think that's – that's the one thing I've learned because, like, they can look – you can look awesome in spring practice, but when you, like, strap up your helmet against someone – of a different color like it's not it's not going to be the same so let me ask you then when do you get to judge do you judge after week one like you know what i mean like i have to get my bets in before august 27th i would uh, if i want to get a good judge it would probably i would kind of like look at the baylor game because i wouldn't like say like oh if they lose the baylor like oh season's over and all that stuff I think the game I want to see is when they go over to the Alamo Dome against UTSA. I think that might be your best bet to see, like, what is this team going to look like? Because not only is this going to be like, you're talking about a rivalry game where a team that's a team that they've never beaten. And, you know, the juice that UTSA has built up. And I think this is going, I think that's going to be the, 
a best like judge to see like where this team's going to go moving forward because just because when it comes to rivalry to me when rivalry games come like even though like UTSA is obviously like move like has been moving up to me like in a rivalry game you throw everything out the window because if you look at the last particularly the last three meetings like there was only like one bad game is it a rivalry if one team kicks the other team's ass like yeah, all the time. I'm gonna push so back is, on that too. I can I always consider the Texas State UTSA game a rivalry game. Like, yes, the football team, the football series is only three games, but considering like they started playing in 1990 and now we're like almost 30 years in, like, how is it not like a rivalry? Like the football ads the football stuff, like it's just another aspect you tack on to the rivalry. You know? That's fine. And I agree with you. I agree yeah. with you there. But to say like throw out the records, I mean like I I agree I understand where you're coming from. If there was like fifty of these, but there's three and they've all been really one sided, super duper one sided. That's yeah, that's well, where I'm coming from. Yes, well, to be- 2009, by the way. Uh and then their first season, I guess well their first practice was two thousand ten, UTSA. And if we look, if we actually look at all three games, the only game you can really take out, what I guess it was a oh, 2017 team where like UTSA like boat raced Texas State and San Marcos. But if, when you look at the other two games, like they were all one possession games. No, the last three, yeah, the other three meetings, all one possession games. So it's not like UTSA has been consistently, um, consistently beating us. You can honestly, like even the 2020 you're literally one extra point away from like beating UTSA and seeing how the, but we all know like how all that. You're fair. That, that's a, that's a very, it's a very fair point. Um, let's talk about pro day. Okay. You ready to move on Jacob? You want to talk pro day? Well, I, I have something else to add to this too. That's not even a part of this um, too. Well, also I, I just pulled up the series for the four, the four games that we've had against UTSA. Lost all four of them, by the way. <laughs> it's not been fun. This last one, 51 to 48. That was in 2020. Um, so it hasn't been fun. It's been a one-sided situation since 2012. That's the first game. 11-24-2012 in San Antonio. And we've done a home-and-home home basically since then. Uh, that one in 2020 was a two-overtime loss, though. So you got to give them credit for that. It was a very competitive game. And if you're basing the rivalry on that very last game and everything that's kind of led up to this and the whole G.J. Kinney, uh, Jeff Trailer moment that they're going to have, player versus coach, is Yoda and Luke going to face off, you know, or Obi-Wan, I guess, and Anakin really is the... And I have the high ground. Is that moment going to happen? But <laughs> I also, you know, everybody's been talking about how different this team is, right? Because of the springtime stuff, because of the changes, because of Don, because of G.J., because of the athletics department as a whole, because of Chris Coots, our boy, the SID. Um, I, I, I give him one percent. He gets one percent <laughs> of that pie when it comes to difference makers. Chris, 1%. I'll give him. I'll give him five. Dude, he's been lights out. He's taking that the, guy's not the winning the game. department for the athletics department has never been better. Never. He's not winning me a game though. You mentioned no. a bunch of guys who have money and who have like actual impact, and then you mentioned SID, which. Very thankful for his like work, hey, but he's like he's not show, suiting up on Saturday. <laughs> no, but I am, and I need him to show up on Saturday. <laughs> so that's why I need Chris to be up there. Um, I'm just saying he's a great dude. 
Um, if you don't yeah, know, no, I agree. I agree. But like, let's pump the brakes. Like when we're going like through our, like, hey, come on. Hey, unsung heroes. I'm here for them. Okay, what's that's the fair. voiceless? You know, what, what's that journalist trope? Uh, I also, you know, I, I, as I've mentioned, I've been super nostalgic recently about my time at the university, my time at the university star specifically. And, and so I went back three editors now uh, to talk to my homegirl, Denise Cervantes. It was her birthday this week. That was kind of the impetus for it. And I was like, hey, did you ever feel like the football team athletics as a whole needed something like administrative support, more money, whatever to be more successful? And she was like, no, <laughs> like, what do you mean? They always got a bunch of money. They always got all the attention on campus. Nothing really. They didn't need anything to happen. She doesn't know a ton about sports or football. So whatever, you know. So moving it down the line. Talk to my boy Carrington, as we just mentioned earlier in this thing. I was like, hey, did you ever think in your time as the editor, in your time at the Star, that football, athletics as a whole, needed more support from up the hill, JCK, or money or like anything else to be successful. They're like, what do you mean? They're the most paid team in the world. They've gotten a bunch of stuff going on, you know? Um, moving down the line, talk to my boy, Jaden Edison. He took over right after me. He said, um, you know, he was kind of there too for that Kelly Danfus transition, COVID year, a bunch of stuff that Jaden had to navigate. And he, he was like, yeah, I mean, Kelly's obviously a difference maker, you know? But... I think that's kind of a cop out, like to say that a football team needs super administrative support, even when they're obviously the one that's getting all the attention, all the money, all the accolades, even though they don't deserve it. You know, I'm out. What Jacob, let me ask you, as editor in chief, because, you know, editor in chief, you get to sign off on the articles that run, right? Mm -hmm. And ads. All right. Colton, I want to take you back to 2017 where we okay. start this whole thing. All right, all right. They, Texas State went, I think, two and ten that year. Yep. And the University Star wrote an or had an opinion column that said that they should tar over the field to make more parking lot spots. Okay, so let's just full disclosure here when we're talking about like this editor chief, this they don't know shit. Okay, <laughs> so I don't want to hear that. That's, well, also that's, on the opinion side, I'm just saying fine. from experience. You don't just you don't care what those kids write about. You know, let them run free. Yeah, yeah. They, those, I don't care. Those people do not represent what I'm talking about or the board. That's fine. Anything like that. That's fine. You should let the I, opinion section run fine. as loud as you can. That that was in print. You can go back and read it. And like, so let me just say that like the people who read that were like, this is a solid put that thing in print. We're good there. No rewrites or anything. Like, I'm sorry. We're Let's put those people to us. Let's put that in a box on the side. All right. What are you gonna do? Just like not agree with people? I mean, like you know, to tar over the field to hey, cut it's the not program. My opinion, but I gotta let a kid run it. You know, to cut the. All because right. Then I'm just talking conversation. I could get a write-in from Andrew Zimmel. I like, just you, want... you're afraid of some kid that probably doesn't know what they're talking about. Doesn't understand. That's what I'm saying. That's what I'm saying. They, they don't know what they're talking about. So I just, I just want to put that. I just want to put that like out there too. That this is like this is from the people who brought you cars too, comes tar over the football field to add parking spots. So I'm just like I'm, we're fine. I just want to full disclosure here. Yeah, that that's who you're asking. Like, do you think that they deserve more administrative support? And that's why it was so important that we like shore up like the editorial support around the sports coverage when I was the editor because I was like, well, if we want to talk about this, the first thing that needs to change is. 
We need to cover the teams. What do you mean? We can't have a voice at the table if we're not even at the press conference. So that was the first thing we changed. And I think we're better off for it long term. Uh, yeah, a thousand, hundred thousand percent. Yes. A billion percent. Yes. Colton, tar over the field. Yes or no? <laughs> no, uh, that, that's such Shocking. a. That's just a, such a weird article to write. Like, I, I kind of agree. Just like that—that's what you want to. This is these are the people who were asking for the sports opinion. This is the people who were like, "Do they need more administrative support?" Well, also, and that's why the sports section is its own thing. The news section mm-hmm. is its own thing, and the opinion mm-hmm. section is its own thing. Because those guys can believe whatever they want, as long as we are going to the games and covering them. The mission of the star is the same. Hundred percent, a thousand percent. But I, I also just... want to push back on Colton's kind of like, oh, well, Texas State's been, you know, where there's a lot to prove, kind of. Um, not recently, <laughs> maybe in the Baylor years, and maybe in the years before that. My parents uh, both went to Southwest, uh, and will tell you the team sucked then too. Like, you know, so there's a lot to prove. I think for the athletics administration as a whole, if we want to get back to those glory years where we're winning in the Valley, uh, two Division two titles. And uh, we're winning with Bailiff. We're beating Houston that one time for the first F- or FBS win. Um, so, yeah, lots to prove. Many will try. People will win. Now, let's talk about Pro Day. <laughs> uh, was it fun? Was it cool? And do you think the end zone complex renovations will be a thing that adds to this entire experience, Colton? I think... Uh... But one thing that sucked, like they started at seven in the morning. Mm-hmm. When That's I, why I wasn't there. That, I, I was like, "What the hell?" On a, a, on a Friday or what was it? Thursday? No, it was a Wednesday. Yeah, it was a Wednesday because mid-week. we had to do the yeah midweek. Got to get up early on a midweek. No, Jesus, I, I wouldn't have complained, but I just literally got done covering a high school baseball game, and I got done at like eleven in the at nine, and I was like, "Oh, guys, come on!" Oh, poor Colton. Poor Colton. He had to get up early to go to watch football guys lift weights. Okay. But also, I, I live like 40 minutes. I used to live 40 minutes out, so I had to wake up yeah, at like 5 okay, in the that's, morning. That's fair. I was just that's like. Fair. But, I, you're not going to get sympathy from Jacob who's doing morning TV. That's all I'm going to yeah. say. I, I sympathize with you. Jacob's just being a jerk over there. <laughs> I, that is kind of the reason we started this recording late is I was at work. I usually leave at 730 in the morning every day. I left today at 1115 in the morning. Doing a bunch of stuff over there at Kemp's Five. Thanks for watching. Uh, but to kind of get everything back on track, yeah. I mean, it, it was pretty, it was pretty fun seeing like all these, uh, like all these uh, seniors like trying to get, you know, trying to pre- trying to get one last, uh, basically hurrah this to, to kind of impress the scouts and all that stuff. But uh, I think the one person that I think that legitimately like might have a shot was Levi Bell because he did some like really impressive work. I think what was it? His bench he was doing like with two twenty five. I think he did like thirty three reps. Yeah, it, pretty good. And then, then I think for his a uh, ver- for the vertical jump, I think he got like over a thirty seven. Like he was like he had some really impressive. Uh, had a really impressive showing that I think most like a lot of those scouts were like kind of shocked that to find someone that was doing all of this. So I think he might have like a legit and also the kind of. He's he was also one of the only Bobcat players to be selected by the USFL. So like if he doesn't get picked by the if he doesn't get selected, like uh, the Michigan Panthers or the USFL will have his draft rights already like locked up. But from what I was hearing from what from just kind of the scuttle, but they think uh, Levi actually made like a decent enough impression that he might have a shot at like 
either signing with the team or potentially getting drafted, like kind of in the later rounds. But but he was probably the one. Yeah, he was probably the one person that I was actually like surprised, like seeing him compete because I know y'all showed the videos. Like he has this insane like regimen, and it was interesting when we talked to him. Like apparently he was told to lose weight, and they wanted him to transition from like a linebacker to like a fullback. So he had to gain more weight. So like he was literally puncturing weight. And on top of that, he tore his bicep in December, like a small tear. And so he basically had a rehab. And then the the, the fact that he like, despite having like a small bear's, uh, bicep tear, the fact he did like 33 like reps, to me, that was like insane, like to hear about, but while fluctuating weight too. So yes, like while, managing his yeah. own deal. that full interview is on win now or get bent episode 87. It's like right at the end. Uh, and it's Colton and Kef going back with Levi. It's super interesting, honestly, to hear him kind of speak on, on all that stuff. Levi Bell is also just a super interesting character, tremendous football guy energy. Mm-hmm. Uh, and me and Zimmel had an episode just talking about him and his physique leading up to pro day, really. Um, that's what it ended up happening. It was right after the USFL draft. So, yeah, crazy stuff. We'll get one more question for you on football. The number one thing that drove me insane in the Withers era and then into the Spavadol era was the year zero. Colton, can we get you to sign the pledge that you will not use the phrase year I, the, zero? The, this is not a, I, as much as I was like, I don't think this is a year zero type situation. Like kind of with a lot of podcasts are talking like I don't think it is possible. I think it would be a very rare exception to have like a year zero type situation. And I don't think this is a year zero situation. Yeah, yeah. No. If someone's saying like, oh, this is a year, like, no, no. Like they got literally... Colton to sign the pledge. Thank you, Colton. This is year 2023. <laughs> <laughs> what are you talking about? Get your head out of your ass. Colton, but you know, Jacob, you know what I'm talking about. Colton, you know what I'm talking about. When it's like, you know, I understand where fans are coming from with it. And after we did like a 20-minute segment on, you know, Texas State, are they good or are they not? I could understand how somebody would say like, oh, this is year zero. But we here at Swearing Around say, unless you're doing the job for free, it's not as year zero. The check's clear. It's year one counts. So I'm glad that that that's what I wanted yeah. to kind of wrap up the, the football talk on here or like the, you know, the Keeney yeah, era yeah, yeah. football talk here. Cause we got more, <laughs> we got bait. I have, we heard what you have to say about bailiff coming back. Yeah. Like I interviewed him, I guess it was third, like after we did the press conference, with, uh, coach Kenny, I t- sat down and I talked to coach bailiff and that was a really fun interview. Like you could tell, like, he is so, so happy to be back in San Marcos. Like, he basically said, I started my career here. I'm going to finish it here in San Marcos. And, like, his – like How basically his role – He doesn't look that old, up, Colton. I, I, he's getting up there in a – like, I forgot – I don't even – Hope he's okay. No, no, he, he's, he's he's perfectly okay and all that stuff. But I think he's – ominous. But I, I think he's just kind of content like just being back in San Marcos because of – 64, he, according his to role, Google. 64. 64 is a new 44. He's a young man. Yeah, yeah that's not – I mean, it's not, you know, geriatric or anything, right? Uh, well, that's what I'm saying. Like, when he's like, this is my last – you know, I want to end my career here. I'm like, okay, what are you working yeah. for? Retirement? Yeah, I, I will say that did catch me a little bit off guard when he said that. I was like, oh, no, no. But, you retired uh, yeah. 65. Yeah. But I think 
but like his role, like it's not, I would say like he's gonna, it's more like he's trying to build that. Uh, he's like, can he's like what Coach Kenny's doing. He's trying to build that juice back up with the program. Like he's going out to a lot of these alumni, like all these like alumni who like fed up with like team losing. And he's going out there just being like, hey guys, like I promise you, like, like I'm pretty sure like this, like us losing is going to be over. And he's going out there and it's, it's so cool. Like when he tells it, like a lot of these businesses in San Marcos are like, we are going to be ride and die with you, Co- Coach Bayla. Like that's been what a lot, like that's, and I think that's what this team, like the program needs. It's like they, they need something to like kind of get the juice going. But at the same time, I can see it on your face. Like the, like at the same time, the team needs to prove like this product is worth watching. Yeah. 100% because- cap. We're riding, we're ride or die with you, coach. It's like, yeah, wait. If we go zero and three, let's come back, circle back around. Yeah. Let's see what we're, we're get the feel. Okay, I. Well, I guess like kind of like with, when the baseball first team first started in the year. Like, if you give the like the alumni base and the fans a reason to come, like they're going to show up. Like mm-hmm. they, like I said, it was like almost tw- over twenty five hundred for the season opening for ba- for the season opener for baseball. Like. You gotta give these like fans and alumni something that like give a shit about. Like I don't know, like like it's it shouldn't be that hard. But like as we were kind of going back, like when the team has been like in this malaise for like so long, like yeah, like you're going to burn your bridges. But like I think that's why it was important for Coach Kenny to realize, like yeah, I think we need Coach Bailiff back now that he's not. Now that he's available, like we we need to start rebuilding these bridges, but at the same time, like we need to put a product on the field that every that everyone can like, like not like put your paper bag over your face and be like, oh yeah. I think that's the most important thing because none of us were here when Bailiff was coaching. No. Uh, you probably care the most, Colton, honestly, because you're you're well, you're just a you're just a history guy, like you know you're somebody who cares a lot about the program's history. So when you see that headline, you're like, this is great. But like me, and I would say 75% of the student fan base, probably because 25% are already what's time. It's six o'clock. They already have like three drinks in them. 75% of the fan base is like, okay, cool. We have a former coach that's on the staff. You know what I mean? Like, Mm -hmm. that's just, that's just kind of how it is. Um, Yeah. And I think that, I think that was the one thing that that kind of stuck out when like because we asked Coach Kenny about Coach Bailiff and all that stuff, and it was the part that's like we need winners in here, like and Coach Bailiff and like Coach Bailiff. Nah, uh, go ahead, Zimmel. I said, is that does that does he count? You count that guy as a winner? I mean, he had two ten win seasons at Rice. Rice. Yeah, okay, that's fair. I, 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 that's all, fair. At, at all the. Like, and out of all the football programs, like, he had two 10-win seasons at Rice and a conference championship. And, like, Rice is, like, one of the most difficult jobs. Like, I – They're the only – I think they're the only team that's worse attendance than Texas State in the last, like, five years. And also, like, he's the only one that, like, has the share – like, he won the Southland title of – like the first conference championship since the glory days of like the loans, like when they were back in division two, like the guy has proven like he can win like anywhere. Like I think he's one of, I think I did the research. He's one of only four coaches that's taken a team to the division two playoffs, FCS playoffs and taken a team to a bowl game. Like one wow. of four. Yeah. Well, F me, man. Good for you. Good. Read me for right, dude. <laughs> 
Read me the filth. No, I okay. I know. I know. Shout out, shout out to me. I just was thinking, you know, all right. But he was a seven win guy. You know what I mean? Like, you know what I mean? Like, so ten wins at Rice, winning a conference. Shout out to him, man. Good for him. But I think that's what's important. I think he's there to like show, like, I think he's kind of like the representation of like. Yes, I'm part of that era that, you know, he played on those conference championship winning teams uh, under Coach uh, Coach Jim Wacker and Bill Miller. You know, he was also the defensive coordinator. You know, he was, you know, the Gary Patterson's defensive coordinator when they, when he first took over at TCU. Like, he's just a represent – he's just that representation of, like, Texas State is good and, like, it can be good. But, like, like I said, we're going to get the football team like ready to go, but like we're going to, but we need y'all support. And I think that's what he's doing. It's not only getting support for, from the alumni bases, but also going out to the high school coaches, like as what, what they've been doing since Kenny's been taken over, like we're rebuilding that high school football connection. It's not only in San Marcos, but like going in Dallas, going in San Antonio, going in Houston, not just sending like an email or like a phone call, like actually being there in person. It's like, Hey, this is what we're building and we want your support. And I think that goes a long way than just sending like a text message, like, Oh, Hey, we're building something here. Like, no, someone going in person saying like, Hey, this is what we're going to do. And we need your back. I think that money talks, bullshit walks attitude too, has honestly even paid dividends right now. Talking about that $4 million donation that the athletics department got recently. I mean, you, you, you said like give people things to cheer about, Baseball obviously had a huge turnout at their leadoff dinner. Uh, people have been showing up and support, obviously, this whole time, too. Uh, I think this is going to be a big-time spring game. A lot of people are going to be excited to see this team in person. Um, yeah, it'll be really interesting to see kind of, like, what goes down with that, too. And uh, this past weekend, Colton, you and everybody there uh, in San Marcos got a chance to see this team live and in person at Junior Day uh, for the first time to, to see that. And to, we're talking about this, too last week on the Republic of Football podcast, uh, but that divisible responsibility that Bailiff now has, you know, that it's kind of like some weight is lifted off of DJ Kenny's shoulders. Mm -hmm. He was able to just focus on coaching and Bailiff was kind of, you know, kissing uh, babies and shaking hands and stuff on the sidelines. Can you talk a little bit about that or, or what were your overall impressions really on junior day too? I mean, like Coach Kenny is an X's and O's guy. Like he wants to worry about the football team and nothing else. And I think that's when we talk about CEO, like type, like that's what he exemplifies. Like he's basically like, Hey, we're all in this together, but like everyone's got a job that they have to, they have to meet like coach Baylor, like is going to be doing this. Uh, uh, coach Mack, like, I want you to focus on this. Like, it's not like kind of what, like how last year, like Spavadol was just doing everything. And like, you know, we're all human beings. Like you can't just, be the one that's doing all, all of this unless you're like a Steve Sarkeesian or Nick Saban because that's what you got to do. But like being that CEO, like I think, like I said, it lifts the weight. Like, like no, it's not on everybody. It's evenly spread out, but you are, but everybody is answering under one person that is DJ Kenny. And I think, I think that will pay dividends. And also like, I hate to say it, it feels so refreshing to see like so many high school players like out in, out in San Marcos, being at Texas State, like interacting with like the media, like talking to coaches, like seeing like what Kenny is selling, what Coach Bailiff is trying to sell to everybody. It is so refreshing. This are you heat. being nice to him, Colton? Wait, are wait, Colton, nice Colton, Colton. Before Zimold tries to take this away from us, uh, can you <laughs> correct me if I'm wrong? There was over 200 recruits at Junior Day, mm -hmm. right? 
Yeah, like, it was something. a pretty good chunk. Like a lot of the like a lot of those juniors, like juniors now about to be seniors, coming out to Texas State. Like I even saw like my former uh, Wembley quarterback Cash McCollum. Uh, like he was there. Like and I didn't even think he was going to like like the fact that he was interested in like going to Texas State and all that. So at least giving him an, a talk and an offer. Like it it was like okay, I think like they are firmly like reestablishing themselves. Like hey, like. UTSA is cool and all, but, like, we can do the exact same thing. And, like I said, it is so refreshing to see, like, so many high school players and so many high school coaches come out and be like, you know, oh, this this is really great to see. If you're into vintage wear and stuff, I equate it to kind of like a <laughs> pop-up event. You know, you got this brand that's kind of establishing things, and you have a pop-up event, you know, in South Congress or whatever in Austin. And all of a sudden, you got uh, rappers and stuff wearing your streetwear. Uh, it's basically like that. I mean, Texas State had to do something. And... They're sandwiched between two huge media markets, right? San Antonio and Austin, Texas State in the middle. Didn't really give a whole lot to look for. They have this huge event now suddenly in the spring. And, well, yeah, obviously a quarterback that's not getting any or not getting like a ton, a ton of like D1 like offers. stuff is going to look at Texas State a little bit more if they think they can make an instant impact, I think. Yeah, to use uh, Cash as my example, like I think when he started getting offers, it was like, it was something what uh what what the Spavadol era would do, just like, oh, we'll not offer you like a P PWO, like, but we won't offer you a full scholarship. Like we'll get you we'll, we'll focus on the transfer reporter or like the J the junior college rep. Rod, just being like, okay, we need the we're gonna focus on that and then we'll just su Question. Okay. Has anybody ever been offered a scholarship somewhere and a preferred walk on to Texas State and took Texas State. Mm. I just I'm putting that out there. Uh, that to me would be such a slap in the face if I was a player. Like, oh, we can give you a preferred walk on versus like getting a scholarship from Sam yeah. Houston or somewhere else. I would have been, yeah. Nobody would go. Nobody no. would take that. So okay, yeah. I just wanted to, I wanted to ask that yeah. question. Yeah. And then uh, if you know we were talking about supporting this team, we're talking about. Uh, things to look forward to and stuff like that. Uh, Barrick Neely shirts from Coach Frank, who's a Texas State great in his own right. Uh, now the running backs coach at actually, and some of this is a fun tie-in for us on a personal level, Coach Terrence Franks, the, the running back coach at West Columbia High School, the home of Tristan Giese, <laughs> friend of the podcast who you heard from in our hotline square. <laughs> Pretty good. But he's making those uh, vintage Barrick Neely shirts. Uh, he's got a whole deal on it. I'll link his stuff in this episode, too. Um, very cool. Look forward to. And some uh, some sad news on the football front. Former Texas State wide receiver, now at uh, Arizona, Jaden Mitchell, says he's done with football. He made the announcement uh, this past week. Um, sad. He said over the past years he's battled, you know, major knee injuries, three major knee injuries. Um, so, you know, he's just kind of done with the sport. Uh, don't want taking at least that impact on it. So, no. shout out Jaden Mitchell. Appreciate your decision. Uh, I'm glad that we had all of that stuff front loaded because now I want to talk about baseball and softball. Uh, both have been kind of ebbing and flowing. Um, let's start with baseball. Um, they get skunked out, Coastal Carolina. Not fun to watch. Uh, I think I watched. Uh, like the first four innings on Friday last week. Uh, and that's when they gave up eight and then they pulled Levi in the top of the second. So tough look for that team. 
Coastal's a great team, though. Uh, Zimmel was kind of hinting at this the entire time. I've been telling everybody that would listen that Coastal Carolina's a damn good baseball team. They're amazing. Coastal Carolina and App State, those are the two teams you need to watch out for every single year. doesn't matter what. Uh, we'll start. I, I mean, you can go any different which ways. I'll start here, Colton, and just we'll group it into one. What's more disappointing, softball or baseball so far over the past week? Oh, I don't know. Like, I got my answer. You want to hear it? Softball. Softball? How are you 20 and 13? Like, at this point, like, you're 20 and 13, and Jessica McMullins has one of the best seasons of her career so far. Like, a point, like, nine, eight ERA. Uh, I looked it up last year at this time. She was, I want to say, 10 and seven, and now Mm -hmm. she's 12 and two. Like, this is like, She's doing crazy stuff. She's kicking ass, and we can't score some runs. We can't win some games for her. Like, we talked in the preseason about we need to find the second pitcher. Conference plays here, ladies and gentlemen, and we don't have that second pitcher. We're still trying to figure it out. I'm disappointed in where softball is right now. Now, there's a lot of time left, but I'm disappointed. Like, today, you asked me, I think it's softball, Colton. I think I could see like softball being the more like more disappointing team, but I think it's also like like if you look at the Sun Belt like softball like like just looking at softball like in the Sun Belt like this league is stacked like I couldn't believe like because I saw like the RPI is like there's eight teams in the top one hundred I was like what the hell <laughs> that's like, just bad pitching though like okay yeah kids can hit but like the pitching has been tough across the board for the, these other teams, except us, who holds these teams down and can't score runs. Well, I want to say, too, softball right now, one in four in conference play. That's the bigger you know, red flag alert. But the Sun Belt, are you good at bas- uh, softball? <laughs> As Colton was saying. Yeah, know. like, I think I think it's more like, I think I'm more like, I think I just want to see the, like the Texas State offense because I've seen, I get, I've seen like sparks of the, te- like, you know, Tory McCann and Carson Pierce, I've seen like spark. I've seen flashes of like like they could be great. Like I saw went to the like going to those turn like all those tournaments that I was going to, like they were putting in some work. Like, you know, Tory McCann was putting in the work. Carson Pierce was putting in the work. I think it's like I think you're just getting into like the rough of like this like Sunbelt conference. And I think it's just like I said, it's not even April. Maybe I'm overreacting. Maybe I'm overreacting. See, see, I, I kind of like I could see someone like being like when you see like you know when you start like when you lose your first two conference like games like it's like okay like I think the warning like yeah I think you you would be reasonable to put the warning flags up but I also think like this is I think this is exactly going to turn out like how women's basketball did because you just got like eight heavy weights like in the middle and they're basically punching the piss out of each other until one person's going to be like left standing like. And I hope like the NCAA tournament does it right, but like I think this is gonna be like a multiple bid, like a league. Three, maybe four, but like what Texas State needs to do, like I think you're just like you just have to survive at this moment because like I don't think there's gonna be like an easy day off. Like you just gotta like get through the grind because like Troy's no slob and I South Alabama isn't a slob either because those were the two teams like that were in like the top hundred in RPI. So like it's going to be just like it is. It's just going to be a grind, and like they're just games like you're uh, just going to lose. Like you're going to end up losing, and I think they just got, you just got to power through because like 
it's going to be because I think we're just like we are early in the conference, like early in the conference season. If and I think Texas State do does need the because it was their last game against South Alabama. I think they had like six errors, and I'm sorry, like you can't be committing six errors like in a game like they're against team like as we we're saying like when you having such a top heavy like conference like you can't commit six errors and expect like oh yeah we're definitely going to win this game like no so all right let's do it this way again yeah. set it up baseball softball pitching because texas state baseball we knew coming in that the pitching was going to be kind of question marky uh jacob Question marks around the pitching, would you well, say? Not or going to Trout, but uh, I think a lot yeah. of us were like, well, yeah, how can you not? You, you take away all your returning staff and then, you know, kind of figure out what you do. A head coach is never going to tell us the truth when it comes to pitching. That's what I'm at right now with it. Like, I believe, that, hashtag believe Trout. That's not, and that's not a knock on them. That's their job. They're going to tell us that everything is fine. Softball concern because they still haven't, they don't have that second pitcher. We know we joked about it, Jacob. We were like, hey, we got people in the bullpen. How's it out looking? And Wooder told us that she might have two aces. And it looks like not an ace, maybe a two. You know what I mean? Maybe like, a two. Yeah. Maybe a, maybe a three of clubs. I think, well, with softball, I think, you know, obviously your number one pitcher is going to be Jessica Mullins. Like, you know, no, 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 no doubt. I think right now your two is, right now your two is Tori McCann. Like, is she going to be, like, as great as Jessica Mullins? Like, no. Like, because, like, Jessica Mullins only comes around, like, once every blue moon. But, like, once every four years. I, yeah, once every four years, like, as y'all were saying. But I think Tori McCann can, like, like, she's done great stuff. Like, I've seen, like, I've seen, I've seen it. Great stuff, Colton? How do I rephrase this? She can hold it down. That's what... Because I've seen her pitch the complete game shutout. I've seen her do a, like a lot of good. I've seen her do a lot of good stuff. That's fair. I I I'm not. I'm not going to take a. I'm not going to dump on a twenty year old. Mm-hmm. I, I I'm not going to do that. However, when the expect to me the expectation was to have two two aces two starters. That's mm-hmm. I don't think that that's what we have. I think that we have one starter and we have one pitcher that God forbid something happens because if if. Jessica sprains her wrist tomorrow. Do you do how many games do we win of ten? Like if Jessica can't pitch in ten games or five games, oh mm-hmm. five, one and four, like that to me is a concern. <laughs> like that, that's kind of what my my concern level is at. Is that like if all of the eggs are in one basket and that basket has like breaks, we're after. You know what I mean? And like that, that to me is the problem right now. Is that I, I I think Jessica is incredible. I think that she might has a she has a really good shot to win Player of the Year as a mm-hmm. junior. You what do you do with that, Colton? Well, like I said I think just hope she didn't get hurt. Yeah, you you can possibly yeah, but uh, like I said, I don't know like how much you can't because like if you're because against like I said against South Alabama, like how much are you helping your pitching staff if you have six errors in a game? Like they gave up like four unearned runs in that game, where like that game could have been like a three nothing game instead of like a seven nothing game, as it. And also like the hit, like that Texas State offense, like they just they need to get some hit, like they need to get that offensive turning because they only got two hits against South Alabama, and like like I think across the board, like every like kind of what Coach Wooder was saying was like I think 
like the competition is here, guys. Like we need to take it to the next level because we can't be stagnant right now. We need to like elevate our game because like nobody else is going to be like the competition is rising up and we need to be at that competition level. Let's wrap up baseball and softball talk with the Chanticleers who kicked our ass. And they did exactly everything that Texas State was doing a month ago or two weeks ago. That mm-hmm. was like slam Marcus. Yeah. Coastal did the exact same thing to Texas State. What's the, I, you know, you don't want to do panic level before April even rolls around here, but you're playing a lot of conference games now. We're getting into the crunch time. Like, is what, at what point do you say, like, uh oh, or do you, do you say, oh, now? Uh, I need I need one more series because you got to remember they also beat Southern Miss like they won the series against Southern Miss like unlike the softball team like Texas State like at least the baseball team has a series like win yeah. over a conference opponent <laughs> yeah. ranked Southern Miss I should add and they also beat TCU and so they've done a lot of things that kind of everybody was like it's just oh. the past week I guess that they've been kind of yeah well also I was listening to the the broadcast obviously uh, the announcers were saying. 75% of the time, when Coastal has a big inning, they will win the game. That third game, it was a doubleheader on Saturday. Didn't realize that until it was too late. But uh, they had a doubleheader on Saturday, and Texas State was up. Really good. Looking really good early. Uh, it looked like they were going to avoid the sweep. It, it didn't ultimately end up happening. But Coastal, Jesus. I don't know what's in the water over there. Zimmel says it's the best college town in America. I love Myrtle Beach. South Carolina? Whatever. I, you know what? I'll tell you what, Mister South Padre Island boy, you go, you go out to Myrtle Beach, total, total different vibe, total different vibe. The Atlantic Ocean will clean your soul. It's like a saline rinse for your personality and your soul. Mm-hmm. That's why those boys out there got mullets and drink moonshine. It's because they can. You go in the ocean and just clean it all off clean it all off it's cool that that identity exists when like chapel hill is also in that same state like or not same state but <laughs> same area <laughs> right like it's totally different uh yeah okay take a shot at the chapel hill folks well dude, <laughs> I, I i i know a guy my former boss actually wes wilson from uh unc grad but yeah different guy than the the folks i know exist in coastal <laughs> Colton, you fit in in coastal. You think I would fit in in coastal? I think so. You you cut the you cut the sides, leave the back long, just go right in. A lot of Luke Combs at Coastal Carolina. A lot of Luke Combs, even though he's an App State attendee. I grad. Yeah. Uh, also, the baseball team on their way back met the world's strongest man, Mark Henry. Uh, what a beast! But uh, I was talking to a few people. You meet Mark Henry at the airport. He's like, "Oh my God, y'all are the baseball team." How'd y'all do? And then you got to explain to the world's strongest man that you just got your ass kicked for three games straight. Not a great look. You lie. What was it? I have a Mark Henry story. Do you want to hear a Mark Henry story? Yeah. Colton, do you want to hear a Mark Henry story? Obviously, yeah. So when I was working in Austin, I was doing like the morning production and Mm. he had his wrestling show out of the same area, right? Like Mm. we were across the hall and he brought me donuts. But the thing is, okay, he brought donuts for the show, not just me. But he brought yeah. donuts for like the morning show. Thing is, is that they needed somebody to text him their donut order. So I did. <laughs> so I have Mark Henry's phone number. No way. Let's, yeah. let's get him on the pod. 
So, you know, clearly I don't use it. I think I texted him happy birthday once, but like, you know. He was like, new number who this? It was, yeah, it was, it was a cool, cool experience. Dial in, Hotline Square, Mark Henry. Guy's huge. Guy's a big, Colton, big man. Yeah, yeah, he, 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 he he's one of them dudes. Like, the I think. man told he, him, don't come back to wrestling if you're not the world's strongest man, because we can't have the world's second strongest man. And then he did, he was that guy. That's Colton. Swear to God, you'll hear it when we log off today. That's what Jacob tells me every week. He goes, "Keep those hot takes coming because we can't have the second hottest take. Gotta have the hottest take." Well, that's why it bothers me so much that Texas State was like okay. Apparently, uh, I mean, obviously, but also apparently that with mediocrity this whole time, it's like, what do you mean? Uh, Strand, Coach Strand has this great quote or quote that says, "A bobcat." will claw and fight their way. It's a great quote. I'll, I'll put it up on here and superimpose it. Uh, but it's a great, like, Bobcat quote. Like, this is what we're about. This is what fight, finish, you know, all this stuff. Didn't see a lot of that. So looking for that, actually. Here you go. Same quote. Put it up on the board here. Mm-hmm. Uh, Jerry Fields, former booster of Texas State, said, think small, be small, act small, be Texas State. When Texas State hired Everett Withers. Jerry Fields thinking big picture market media uh money strategy jacob thinking take over the world i miss jerry fields beast squaring around episode 17 thanks everybody thanks colton thanks for listening new episodes out every thursday follow the boys on twitter eat them up eat them up